reviews. Here's your host, Dominic Ribello. From Deep Underground, Staten Island's Beer Bunker slash Virtual Saloon. Welcome to another episode of Three Beers In, the craft beer show bringing you the latest beer news and unique craft beer reviews. I'm your host, Dom, and this is episode number 188, and this week we are drinking... God, I was on a roll, and then I had to take a pause to move this over here. Episode 188, uh, Proclamation Ale Company, Memotionally Challenged. I love the name of that beer, and it's just so special, and I feel, oh, man, I don't know how good it's going to be. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, you know, I don't, I haven't had it yet. Usually I have it, and I write down my, my notes and stuff like that. Oh, wait, I forgot to put the hop of the week down here. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, oh God. So I was doing a little research on this beer before I do the show and I get to the website and before you could even get into the website, they tell you that the owner and founder of the brewery passed away from cancer after a one month battle, leaving behind like a wife and a child, young child. Terrible, terrible. What a way to start the show, right? Totally heartbreaking. And you know, I have a soft spot for stuff like that. Obviously, you know, I'm, 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 I'm young and I have a daughter myself. So it's just, it's really sad when you see anything like that. Just, just terrible, you know, and I feel bad because I'm going through all the beers that this brewery has to offer and everything I'm looking at. Like to me, it looks like they get, they're really like uh, spot on. They're out of Rhode Island. They got some really great offerings and I don't know. This is like a Riesling or a Riesling. I don't know how they say it's a German style uh, wine, uh, German's not renowned for their wine, so, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes here. But it's got some German wine in it, and it's supposed to be like a mimosa type thing. I didn't really read about the beer, but they had a lot of <clears throat> beers there that were single hop beers, which, you know, I'm a big fan of, sort of some Eldorado, some Galaxy, um, stuff like that. So when you, when you do single hop beers and offerings like that, it's really great to see. Not only you get to feel, uh, get a feel for the hop itself and what it has to offer, but to see the differences that happen brewery to brewery when they do their uh, single hop offerings, to see how different they are, because uh, just so, uh, you know, little tweaks in the brewing process are going to change everything uh, when it comes to the finished product, when it comes to uh, single hop, <clears throat> and also all beers in terms of their hop profile and what they have going on here. But it's been a while. I'm so sorry that I didn't do an episode last week. I was in really bad shape. <clears throat> it was my wife saying, should I call 911 for me? That's right. I was really fucked up. And, uh, you know, listen, it's a wise man changes his mind all the time. If that was the case, I'm fucking Aristotle. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. But. You know, I, you know, I came out on here and I was talking about the vaccine and stuff and how I said that I wasn't going to do it because I didn't want COVID in me and I was doing a good job of avoiding the motherfucker, right? Fast forward, I see a little post from my doctor that I, that I, that takes care of me and he's like, you got to go get it. Boom, I'm going to get it. You know, first time around, I didn't react very well. I had severe muscle spasms, no fevers or anything like that. But the second vaccine I got last Friday and holy shit. Not only did those muscle spasms come back, but with it was 104 fever, and they thought your boy here had COVID. That's right. An unlucky uh, unlucky kid right here from Staten Island getting the Moderna vaccine all of a sudden might have COVID-19, which would have been really fucked up. 
Because here I am trying to do my civic duty. I, I, I try to be a good citizen. I try to be a good person, a good member of the community and of the craft beer community as well by doing this podcast. And, <clears throat> you know, I, I was in really bad shape. I took the vaccine on, on the Friday, February 5th. By the way, happy Valentine's Day to all you lovebirds out there. There I was that evening around 7 o'clock. I started feeling quite sluggish. Lo and behold, 11 o'clock, 104 fever. I'm shaking like the teeth chattering toy that you wind up and just let it go. I was I was in deep trouble, all right? Really deep trouble, very high fever. My wife literally looked at me and said, should I call 911? Because I couldn't move because the back spasms and the shivering from the fever, I couldn't get warm. I was I was in all types of trouble. I missed Saturday. I'm not even going to kid you guys. I Friday night, I passed out in my bed, woke up. It was the Super Bowl kickoff, literally. Super Bowl kicking off. Felt crummy through that. Didn't go to work Monday, Tuesday. Got back to work Wednesday, and now I'm 100% fine. Literally, I'm 100% no symptoms from the vaccine. So First first bout of it, had a week of muscle spasms. Second bout of it, muscle spasms, fever, boom, fine. So I'm good to go. Caveat now into the Super Bowl result. I'm not mad. A lot of people lost a lot of money. We know that. That's what happens in Super Bowls, okay? A lot of people did not put their money on Tom Terrific. But we all know it's fixed. We all know the grift and the fix. It was in. He wins another Super Bowl. I think he's got like six or seven now. Most Super Bowls like ever. The guy's out of his mind. Why am I not mad, though? A lot of people out there, a lot of hate, a lot of hate flying around here. I'm not mad because I know that I've never been burned by the guy. He was never in the NFC East. You know, I'm the I'm the guy, the Giants fan that's up against the Cowboys and the Eagles and the, and the Redskins. Oh, excuse me, the Washington football team. Don't want to be, you know, doing the wrong thing there. I really hope they just keep that Washington football team thing. It's fine with me now. Just leave it. Everyone's kind of like used to it now. Just leave it. So, yeah, I'm not mad. Uh, Tom Brady could win or lose. It's no big deal to me because Eli Manning won two Super Bowls against that guy. And that actually makes Eli's case a little bit better, if you ask me about uh, the whole whole deal here. Uh, So now I'm down here doing my podcast. Uh, It is Val. How did I get away with doing this podcast on Valentine's Day, you may ask? I'm a goddamn, I'm a great husband. I am a great husband. I got myself a MacBook Pro here. What did I do? I went out and got my wife one because I saw that she really enjoyed it. Do I have the money to do that? No, but Apple offers you a credit card. Check that out. No interest. Payments. Done. Let's do it. Tack it on. Who cares? You only live once. Went out and got her a MacBook Pro. So it's like a his-hers situation. She was smitten about it. She loved it. She was like, I feel like an idiot now because I only got you a gift that was like 20 bucks. I don't care. It's not. It's Valentine's Day. You know, it's a, it's a mushy day. I really hope, though, that those of you that are out there with significant others, you got just all snuggled up in this cold. It's so cold. How's that? You snuggle. It's going to be wonderful. You're going to love each other. So now I'm down here doing the podcast right now, and I know after this I'm going to go up there. I'm going to order a nice sushi dinner, you know, just just sail off in the sunset. Off tomorrow for President's Day. It's going to be really, really fantastic, really, really nice. Real quick before we jump into the, everything here, I've been watching The Queen's Gambit on Netflix, which if you haven't heard about it or seen it, it was like number one for a little while. I think it's now kind of like on the back burner a little bit. Most people have seen it. You know, everybody's still in quarantine, so everybody's seeing everything. By the way, speaking of quarantine, going to caveat back to the Queen's Gambit. Um, this means tap rooms are open, people, right? And if you feel safe enough and if you think you can handle 
going out there into the world. I mean, now's the time to hit the, just get out there, man. Get to these tap rooms. Let's go. I really want to go to flagship soon. You know, once, you know, the, I think once everybody's kind of vaccinated in my household, that's when we're going to kind of like hit the ground running, so to speak. Mask up and get out there, people. It's time. Okay. We've suffered long enough. Although I'm a little, you know, a little, I don't know how I feel about this, right? You know, the, the infection rate in New York City is like three times the rate that it was like when we first locked down and they're opening restaurants. I don't know. I'm no doctor. I'm no doctor, but I'm just going to listen and go along with everything. And I might go out for my birthday. Isn't that crazy? Because last birthday, my wife was like, you want to go to Nuremberg? And I was like, nah, we'll go some other time. And now, thank God it survived because that's my favorite place on the planet. So I'm going to try to make my way back there. I mean, hopefully for my birthday. If I, you know, if we could get a nice little spot, we're away from everybody, we wear our masks, we enjoy the whole place, I might do it. I'm not going to lie. I might just do it. And I, I've got the vaccine, so I'm, I'm good to go. I'm just worried about giving COVID to, like, my daughter or my wife or my parents. You know, that's, that's a concern of mine. But, you know, if everybody's vaccinated up, then it's, it's game on, right? Game, uh, Queen's Gambit. <laughs> game of Thrones. No, Queen's Gambit. It's a show about chess, so if you're not into chess, um, it might not be for you. Otherwise, I mean, it's all right. It's an all right show. I play chess a little bit. I was a grand champion. No, just kidding. I, I like to play chess, but I don't know anything. I know two opening moves, no mid-game, no end game. It, t- it takes me forever to end a game. I love playing chess against people who are as bad as me because it's a fun game then because you know that they're not going to be using textbook moves against you. Go ahead and play a computer. That's ranked. My ranking is like 630. I am inept at chess, but I like to play it. And I'll play a computer that's like level 2000 and I'll be done in five moves. I'll try to like correct my mistakes. I'll be done in like six. I'm like, what what happened different now? God damn it. But anyway, the Queen's Gambit is a really cool movie because it takes back. It takes place back in like 1967, 68 areas, like late 60s sort of thing. And there's this white, uh, you know, the, she gets a, I'm not going to try to spoil it. It's not really much of a spoiler, but she gets adopted. She's an orphan. She gets adopted and like into your prototypical nuclear American family happens, you know, whatever. And the housewife, she's such a housewifey housewife lady where like, she's constantly like, she's just day drinking all the time, sending her daughter out to go get cigarettes. And like this woman it's like has a complete downfall you know throughout the show and it's it's just funny there's going to be a little bit of a spoiler here so skip ahead if you don't want to hear it but so eventually like she gets the the guy just leaves right the husband just leaves them and like this woman falls into the deepest depression you've ever seen she's like playing piano by herself mascara's running cigarettes just burning there she's looking out into the distance she medicates herself with some like fucking horse tranquilizers and fucking, like, Pap's Blue Ribbon. Like, it's hilarious to me. Now, I mean, like, look, like, I'm not trying to make light of abuse, substance abuse, and stuff like that, but there was a certain elegance to alcohol and drug abuse back in the day that maybe deserves a comeback. Now, I'm not saying I advocate for these things. You know, knock on wood, I don't have a problem, and God bless those that put a plug in the jug and go their, their righteous way because it is a very bad thing, but, and obviously I'm kidding around, but, I mean, wasn't that the glory days of, like, being able to have a problem but still be functional? It was like today's substance abuse, you know, if you don't end up dead, right, 
you do end up like homeless. You do end up like homeless and destitute and robbing your family and stuff. So it's like, let's scale it back a bit. Let's make it a little less intense in terms of like the actual addiction. Let's go back to good old fashioned alcoholism and like, oh, what's this? Is this, is this uh barbiturates? Like, is this a sleeping pill? Like stuff like that. Right. And let's fucking wear a, a, like a day dress or some suits again or some nice hats. I saw a thing from the Babylon Bee, and if you're not familiar with the Babylon Bee, they're a political satire. Well, they're 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 a satirical publication, and they do some really funny articles about politics, both sides of the aisle, so you get your chuckles. And <clears throat> one guy wrote an article that said the, that mankind went all downhill once gentlemen stopped wearing hats, and it's the truth. You know, you you could go out and you could be dressed to the nines. You know, suit all the time, the thin tie and stuff, and you could get absolutely lit. But as long as you were able to comb that hair and walk down the road and drive drunk responsibly, you were good to go. Like my father, he grew up in the 50s and 60s. He got hit by a drunk driver when he was 12 years old. That was 1954, I think. I can't do the math that quick. I'm not going to do it. He got hit by a drunk driver. And they never even thought to sue the guy. Actually, the guy felt guilty about it, came to the hospital every day. But that was in the hospital for a month. I don't know. He, he doesn't even know why he was in the hospital for a month, but he was. And the guy brought him a toy like every day. And he thought it was the greatest thing ever. They never thought to sue the guy. The guy was just like, ah, he was drunk. That happens. You know, no seatbelts. Let's go back. Let's go back to those days where, you know, you take those types of chances. <laughs> oh, man, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't want to live in that world, but I do think there was something to say about that. You know, like these people had substance abuse problems or abusing alcohol and drugs and they fucking look good doing it. Yes. You might end up like Judy Garland and Marilyn Monroe, even though we know Marilyn was killed by the Kennedys. Let's not get conspiratorial here, but people had an elegance to their abuses. And if you have been a victim of abuse or have a problem yourself, because I know this is an international podcast, please do not do not get me canceled. This is just a joke. It is satire in itself. I'm so sorry about that. Anyway, uh, I just want to share this also with you before I jump into the, uh, the hop of the week here, ladies and gentlemen. I stumbled across this podcast. Now, I don't ever really talk about other shows on my show. But from now, featuring Brian Cox, who is of Secession. Love that guy. I just love... His acting style, real character actor. He was the police chief in Beer Fest. Not Beer Fest, excuse me. Super Troopers. And uh, he did a lot of Shakespeare stuff. And I love Shakespeare, but I don't I don't know what's going on. You know, I'm not, I don't think I'm, I think I'm of average intelligence, right? But I do like the finer things, like Shakespeare. Do I know what they're talking about? No, I don't. I don't have command over the English language like that. I say things like, you know, oratund, right? That's the biggest word that I know. So he was in a, a Shakespearean adaptation, an adaptation of Shakespeare for Netflix called Coriolanus. And I just thought it was great hearing, hearing this guy talk like that. I mean, he's one of my favorite actors. But anyway, so From Now is a the, theatrical podcast featuring Brian Cox and the actor who played Rob Stark in Game of Thrones, who was the guy who was the original king in the North, but had a little wedding and it went bad. Anyway, um... It's really cool. It's like a War of the Worlds type thing. Like a, it's like a, 
a movie that you could just play in your head. Great sound effects, pretty cool dialogue. It's a little sci-fi-ish. It's not a little sci-fi-ish. They're in fucking outer space. So obviously it's quite sci-fi-ish. Nonetheless, that's another thing I say a lot of, nonetheless, which obviously has been in like Othello and shit when it comes to Shakespeare. Um, and it's just, I really liked it. The episodes were about 25 minutes long. is one 40-minute episode. I think it's about six or seven episodes. I plowed through it one work day, and I thought it was really great. And I want to find more podcasts like that, where it's not just like me talking about beer or talking about my life and vaccines and the Queen's Gambit, elegant drugs, Valentine's Day, and Tom Brady. I'm trying to get into these pretty cool scripted stories with sound effects and stuff like that. I mean, like, this thing deserves an award, but I just don't think that, the, what is it, going to get a Grammy for something? Like, you know, this War of the Worlds type situation. I'm gonna, I am want to try to get into it more and see if there's more stuff out there. This just so happened to be featuring Brian Cox, like I said, one of my favorite actors. And um, it was really, really great. So now we're going to jump right into the hop of the week here, ladies and gentlemen. And now I'm actually kind of surprised I haven't covered this one before. This is a, this is a uh, pretty popular... A hop. This is actually a pretty popular hop back when I first started getting into craft beer. I think around the 2014, like the mid 2010s. And it's Sorachi Ace, right? I've definitely had, I think from Brooklyn Brewery, there was a beer called Sorachi Ace. And I didn't like it. But let, let, let that not be the one determining factor. If you've ever enjoyed, and this is from hoplist.com. That's where I get all my hop information, and if it's not there, I check it out on wherever they probably sell them. If you've ever enjoyed uh, Sapporo, which I have, then you know what Sriracha Ace can do. Originally produced by the Sapporo Brewery in Hokkaido, Japan, in the mid-1980s, it was resurrected in the U.S. in 2006, and it is a cross between Saj, Brewer's Gold, and Baikai Number no. 2. Sriracha Ace <clears throat> is considered excellent in several beer styles, particularly those desiring a distinct lemon citrus flavor. Some brewers have even reported flavors of orange, cilantro, dill, and oak. Has no other also known as is, but the flavors of lemon, orange, dill, and cilantro are right there. The purposes are for bittering and aroma. The alpha acid composition is anywhere from 11.5 to 16%. And <clears throat> that's it. That's all I got for Sriracha Ace. It would, be, it would be so wonderful if I could see. Hold on. I do, if I go down here, can I see like how much they are and stuff? Let's go hop direct. See if they have something here for Sriracha Ace. $2.50 for eight ounces. That's, that's pretty fucking cheap. Pretty fucking cheap. <clears throat> and it's from a 2018 crop. Once again, um, if you're still homebrewing out there, like I said, I... I need to get back into it. Uh, being that it's a 2018 crop, do not let that uh, dissuade you because what happens is um, they're vacuum sealed, they're in these Mylar bags, and uh, they're cold stored, which means that they will last a very long time under those proper conditions. They're not going to go bad. You're not going to have a bad time if you get hops from um, from this time period. But I would love to try a beer where I could put some of this Sriracha Ace with some maybe Citra or something. Maybe some cashmere, see what we get. That would be a pretty fun thing to do. I'm, I'm, always, I'm always thinking of beers in my head. I don't know if that's a good or, or a bad thing, but I know it's a thing. I know that's what's happening with me. Right? All righty, here. <clears throat> Hold on here. Oh, man. 
you know, you hate to see it when you got your great beers that you're running low on. This is one of the last two Juliuses that I have, and then that's it. That's it for my treehouse. And what a ride it's been. It's been so fantastic having these beers. And, like, not going through them too quickly. Like, I kind of, like, only would have them when I would do the podcast, maybe one or two beforehand, and then I would have some, like, flagship in between or something a little less coveted. You know, I got to tell you a quick story before I get into the beer news here. I had... um. Uh, um, one of Ari's, um, family, like an uncle came over and, um, I had just bought like a nice 12er of, um, uh, Warsteiner Dunkel. Like, uh, like I didn't, he came over and like, you know, I got to offer the guy beer, you know, and this is guy, this guy's a Stella and Corona drinker. That's it. And I was just so reluctant. I was like, oh, I don't want him to have it. I don't want him to have it. It's mine. It's my pride and joy. This is my house beer. This is for me. But then I was like, you know what, Dom? You do this whole, you're on this whole craft beer journey, right? And I think, like, how do you get, this is now my project, right? I'm going to try to get this guy to have an IPA and like it, right? That's what it became, right? So I was like, check this out. This is a... Warsteiner Dunkel, it's a German beer. It's one of my favorite beers, which it really, it is, but it isn't. You know, all German beers to me are superior to, to a lot of lot of beers. So I was like, it's kind of like a Modelo Negra, uh, which funny fact, I think we covered it here on the show before. The reason Modelo is so good is because of a German immigrant to Mexico, <clears throat> which is pretty interesting enough. And I was like, you know, it's 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 going to have a nice toasty flavor to it. You know, I tried to tell them the roasted malt, stuff like that. And it's a clean German beer. You can't really go wrong with that. And, and, you know, he had it. And, like, he literally was like, this is the best beer I've ever had. And I was like, yes, we've done it. Oh, excuse me. Big burp there. This is exactly what I want to do uh, with people, if I could like, you know, if I'm meeting new people or if I'm in, you know, I mean, obviously COVID kind of fucked everything up. If I'm able to like change people's perception about beer and stuff like that and about what's good and what's not good. Oh my God. Then I've definitely done it. You know? Oh shit. God damn. All the wrong, all the wrong music. You would think maybe I do need like the, uh, the little, a card that tells me what's what. I do apologize, but it's time for the beer news, ladies and gentlemen. And right off the bat, right off of the bat, I just think that, look, look, listen, I can't say for sure, right, that a little place called like Flagship might listen to this uh, podcast. But I do know for a fact that I've been saying this for a while on my little soapbox that I have here down in this basement, down in this underground beer bunker take a little sippy poo Mm. god that's fucking amazing but i have spoken about flagship and i've talked about their beers and like what they have to offer and like how they are and stuff like that so they had the curtain up situation that's pretty cool they went with the super akai sour what happened was flagship had a complete turnaround in terms of their labels right they have a really cool logo with their flagship logo the little deer thing that's cool they have a really nice presentation then what they did is they they revamped their ipa made it the fresh kills ipa put a fucking tiger on it and that fucking beer is dope 
They have their Metropolitan Lager, which I think is really good because it's kind of like a um, Vienna-style lager. Very delicious. It's got a cool thing going on with a bunch of buildings and stuff. Very Metropolitan, very cool. Kill Van Kolsch, very good beer. It's got a lighthouse on it. Very tropical look. Not tropical, but very uh, nautic looking. Great. Really awesome stuff. You know, their labels changed, and they're more modern now with their labels, right? But they, they're not necessarily on the same page as... Killsborough with their logos, but then these motherfuckers decide to come out with a beer coming out mid-February 2021, which is kind of like right now, it's called Little Baby IPA, and holy shit, it's a fucking cool fucking label. Like, this is a label that could put them on the map, so to speak, and it is a session-style which is fucking great. Right. I wasn't a fan of their swamp thing, Niapa. Like it didn't really didn't really hit for me. But it's a hazy, juicy session IPA, double dry hop with Muteka, uh, cannot cashmere, and mosaic hops. Like these are the hops. Those hops that you're hearing right now, right there, are right in the fucking wheelhouse, okay, of a delicious IPA juiced bomb type of situation. Now, if they pull this off. I am going to lose my mind, right? Dropping in mid-February 2021, 4.8, hazy, juicy, session, double dry hopped IPA. I am so fucking hyped for this. It's not even, like, I'm not even kidding. And I think it's really important that I bring up flagship when it comes to this because you know, this, is, this is it. You know, these are the guys right here. So super stoked about that. Made me want to go and double check um, the Instagram of Killsboro because a lot of these... <clears throat> a lot of breweries uh, do a lot on Instagram now. With um with Killsboro, they they have such a a list of beers, and like you really can't go wrong with any of them. They're so supreme. They're they're such a great quality of brew that you really can't go wrong. Um, I'm I'm just uh, scrolling through right now. I haven't had Killsboro in so long, and I think that I I need to change that. I'm gonna go. I'm going to try to make a run at these two places because it's very important. I do want to, I mean, I mean, I, I have to, and I try, I try to like give attention to all the places, but you know, it's important for me to pay. I mean, off the show, I should really pay attention to it. But anyway, moving on here, CNBC.com says Uber agrees to buy alcohol delivery service Drizzly for $1.1 billion. That's a hefty chunk of change. This happened a couple weeks ago, uh, early February here. Uh, Uber announced Tuesday it's acquiring alcohol delivery service Drizzly, $1.1 million. Oh, excuse me, billion dollars. Um, this is pretty cool because I think it's just going to make it easier for you to be able to get a little craft beer when you have your um, when you have your Uber Eats and stuff like that. And maybe you could also try to, I mean, we'll we'll see. Uh, when it comes to beer delivery, I know when you go to like your local places, like like Flagship has it, Killsborough has it. I think they just have their own like delivery thing. You know, I don't think that um, that this is a big thing here, but nonetheless, we'll see where that goes here. Uh, foodandwine.com. What do we have here? Let's open the link. I have this thing here. Oregon Brewery recalls mango cheesecake beer over potentially explosive cans. Also, probably pretty weird taste in beer. So this is for you guys out there in Oregon. Uh, Eugene, uh, Eugene's Oakshire Brewing uh, isn't the only beer maker to have this product suffer from the re-fermentation. Now, yes, 
we do know that this can happen if you have the uh, the yeast inside of the of the cans and the bottles. Uh, it will reactivate and try to eat the sugars that it's in there. And if it's in a can, it will explode, and it also will do so. Uh, most of the t- uh, it will happen in a bottle sometime in the past few months. Oakshire Brewing has released a half a dozen different beers under its theme from the bottom line, including Double Berry Passion Swirl, Triple Berry Cinnamon Swirl, and Pog and Blueberry Coconut Dreamsicle. Jesus Christ, it sounds like diabetes. The Eugene, Oregon Brewery recently made an announcement about its theme from the bottom, Mango Raspberry Cheesecake Smoothie Sour Ale. Ooh, that's a mouthful. But instead of praising the mid-January debut, it's asking, God, the Fucking ads! I'm not reading it anymore. I can't, because now there's an ad there. Where I can't even fucking see the goddamn article. I'm really sorry about this, people. I don't like to. I don't like to to get this heated uh, when it comes to life. You know, there's you know, Dom, calm the fuck down. But Jesus Christ, I'm trying to read the article, even if I'm not even reading it on a podcast. God's honest truth. If I'm just an, a regular human being, because that's what I am, and I'm just trying to read an article to you to myself and the thing's fucking jumping around like it just had the second dose of COVID and has the fever. Second dose of COVID vaccine, excuse me. Jesus Christ. I'm not taking it out on this brewery or anything like that, but guess what? Yeah, okay, I'll tell you what happens. That's how you ferment the beer. Ferment. That's how you can carbonate your beer if you're a home brewer. You you add a little bit of extra sugar, You fucking cap that shit up and the yeast goes to work, eats it up, and boom, carbonation. But it can't escape because you capped it. I'm going to have to take two sips because of that. God Christ. Oh, excuse me. Jesus. What else we got here? Okay, article here that says from the WashingtonBeerBlog.com, a new style of IPA, Wayfinder and Ecliptic introduced cold IPA. Cold IPA from two breweries. Let's have a look here. And this is for you guys out there in Washington. Is this Washington, D.C. or Washington State? Let's read and we'll find out. The IPA lexicon just got bigger. West Coast IPA, Hazy IPA, Northeast IPA, Brute IPA, and whatever else IPA. You can now add cold IPA to the mix. The whole point of cold IPA is to provide a crisper version of IPA. Now, I might actually do a a side episode on all these different classifications of IPA and just talk about them a little bit. I think they'll be fun to do. Or I might take maybe next week or the week after that and use the Hop of the Week segment to talk about it. But here we have Wayfinder Beer collaborated with Great Notion Brewing last year to create a cold IPA. That's the first time I'd ever hear such a thing. Uh, the Arthur, the Arthur, the author here, uh, Kendall Jones uh, of WashingtonBeerBlog.com goes on to write, Now, uh, Wayfinder Beer has collaborated with Ecleptic Brewing to create another cold IPA. As far as I could tell, a precious few other breweries have offered beers of this style, though I think Kevin Davey, brewmaster at Wayfinder, might deserve credit for the advent of the style. Hard to say. Not a lot of info out there. Not sure anyone really gets credit for inventing a new beer style anyway. This is very fucking interesting. A lot of independent, uh, a lot of 
independent invention happens out there in the beer world. Okay. What is a cold IPA? To brew a crisper version of IPA, brewers create cold IPA using Pilsner malt and lager yeast. Okay. Sounds a lot like a India Pale Ale lager, right? IPL? Because... um, because it's an IPA, it's IBA, I, ABV is higher than an IPL. Wait a minute. Sounds like a, a bit like an India Pale Lager, right? Because it's an IPA, its ABV is higher than an IPL. Adjuncts, such as rice and corn, for example, are used to lighten the body. Since it's an IPA, expect gobs of hop character. Not old world hop varieties you might find in a Pilsner, but new world hop varieties like you might find in the latest and greatest IPAs. Stop, stop right there. Before we even fucking continue, and I think this is out of Washington State, if you're using a lager yeast and cold fermenting the beer, it's not an ale. I don't care. I don't, I really don't. All of this next stuff is the fluff of them saying that they've made a new beer, but you've not. You've made an, you've made a lager. You've made a lo- a hoppy lagered beer. It is an IPL. Portland, Oregon's uh, of Earth, not even the United States. Okay, Ecliptic Brewing is pairing up with Wayfinder Beer to brew a cold IPA. That's wrong. Shipping February seventeenth in sixteen ounce cans and draft. This will be Ecliptic's first cosmic collaboration with Wayfinder. Okay, fluff stuff. Cold IPA. Quote, quote, cold IPA is a newer term, and the style aims to feature a crisper IPA. John Harris, Ecliptic's owner and brewmaster, teamed up with the Wayfinders brewmaster, Kevin Davey, to create Ecliptic's take on the style. This isn't a style. It's a lager. The, the beer is brewed with Pilsner malt and lager yeast. Okay? You have to... All right, a question for you guys. Okay. Can you, can you, can you ferment this at a high, at a higher temperature? Can you ferment this at like, say 75 degrees, 72 degrees? Because if you can, then you have yourself a cold, a a cold IPA. It can't be true. Cold IPA is an attempt to make a Western than West Coast IPA, but it's not a lager. It's a crossover style. Adjuncts have to help lighten the body and increase drinkability. Davies words result, very clean, dry, extreme. You have a very hoppy, clear fucking Pilsner. I don't want to read this anymore because I think it's, I think it's horse shit. I think it's horse shit. You can't, you can't make a, you, you can't change the rules there, guy. Okay, unless you tell me otherwise, this is just marketing, man. Uh, it's it's fermented with a lager yeast at lager temperatures, and it's, that means it's not an IPA. Because the A in the IPA stands for ale. And this would be a lager. It doesn't even sound like you're using it's like, like an IPA grain bill. You're just having a high-gravity pilsner. And just because you uh, add a lot of hops to something does not make it an IPA. It's an aggressively hopped Imperial Pilsner. I had this when I had um, the Costco beer pack. When I did the Costco beer pack, there was an Imperial Pilsner in there, okay? And it's exactly what this is the description of. 
So you haven't done anything crazy and new, but I mean, it's a marketing. I mean, I get it. I get what they're doing. You know, it's all marketing and stuff like that, but you know, it ain't a fucking, it ain't no cold IPA, bruh. All right, this one here, I got to read this, and I'm going to get you another article here. But this one right here, this is from the Smithsonian Institute, which means that it's like, you know, there's funding from government to talk about it. And it says, merely the taste of a beer can trigger a rush of chemical pleasure to the brain. And so what I'm going to do to to start this one off here from SmithsonianMag.com, new research shows... That just a sip can cause a potent neurotransmitter of dopamine flood to the brain. I'm going to do that dopamine flood right about now. And I did it with Treehouse. So you're goddamn right. There's dopamine flying around in my fucking brain right now. Joseph Stromberg says, if you take just a sip of beer moments later, before you've you've had close to enough alcohol to get intoxicated, perhaps even before the beer has hit your stomach, you will feel a distinctly pleasurable sensation. It might not be strictly due to the subtle aromas that result in the beverage blend of malt hops and yeast. God, I love an article with language like this. The cause of your pleasure might be due to tangible changes in your brain chemistry, specifically a surge in levels of neurotransmitter dopamine. This is Gemulischkeit. Okay? Stop everything. Okay, that's this. We know what this is. We know what community It's the German language. Oh, shit, I fucked it. Oh, Jesus, I fucked it up. I'm still learning the, uh, the, 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 the German language word used to convey the idea of a state or feeling of warmth, friendliness, and good cheer, coziness, peace of mind, sense of belonging, well-being, being... Social acceptance, all from the drink. They just decided to call a neurotransmitter dopamine hit. The Germans, excuse me, Germans are way ahead of you, Mr. Brain Man, and they call it Gemunischkeit. By the way, I realized in the commercial that I did, this this commercial, I realized that I said the word wrong. It's not Gemunischkeit, it's Gemunlisch. Scientists have long known that the part of the reason alcohol induces pleasure is that intoxication leads to the release of dopamine, which is associated with the use of other drugs, as well as sleep and sex, and the acts of reward for the the brain. But new research suggests that for some people, intoxication isn't necessary. Simply the taste of beer alone can provoke a release of neurotransmitter within minutes. And you know what? That's what this podcast is all about. We're all about neurotransmission of dopamine within minutes. And I do that when I talk about this podcast. I mean, talk about beer in this podcast. Okay. Group of researchers led by David Karen or, or Karakin, excuse me, of the Indiana State University came to the finding published today in the Journal of, ne- this is a word, neurophysical pharmacology. That's not that bad because I, I, I kind of nailed the pharmacology part, but that's a pretty big fucking word if, you ha- if you're looking at the screen like I am right now. By giving tiny amounts of beer to 49 adult men and tracking their changes in their brain chemistry. So they were teasing a bunch of dudes with tiny amounts of beer. I'm okay with I'm okay with I would Why can't I find a fucking scientific study where they're like, hey, we're going to give you a little bit of beer every day, you know? 
Imagine I can get scientifically studied doing a podcast or so, some sort of scientific study where they put me in a laboratory, and instead of becoming Captain America, I just get beer muscles anyway and just drink beer and have a great time, and they probably give you 100 bucks for it, right? they got to give you a little compensation. Although the guy in Ghostbusters that got shocked only said to keep the 5 bucks, man. But either way, if I'm getting beer, it's okay. Using a PET scanner, which measures the levels of various molecules in the brain, they chose participants with varying levels of types of alcohol consumption from heavy drinkers, which I guess would be me, with little dudes, and even tested them with beer they reported to drink most frequently. Because they used an automated system to spray just 15 milliliters, about half an ounce of beer, on each participant's, uh, participant's tongue over a course of 15 minutes. Oh, that's kind of a tease. They could be sure that any changes of the beer uh, chemistry wouldn't be due to intoxication. Okay, I get it. I get it. Let's get a good visit. Oh, this is a little depressing. And you know what? People who had a family history of alcoholism reported on the survey showed notably higher dopamine levels after tasting beer compared to others. But the funny, not the funny, but the silver lining there after reading that depressing little blurb, is that all you need is 15 milliliters, like a little spritzen. You get yourself a little spritzen and you're going to be okay. And then you don't, you know, wake up with the shakes and wonder where everything went wrong. Right? Now, I got to read this one here. This is a, this is a crazy... I started reading this article. Like, the... the um, <laughs> Like, the headline of it was, like, very nondescript. But then I started reading it, and it's just, it's very Florida. So I, I think it's in Florida, but it's the, the BrowardBeer.com, okay, written by Joe Pye. It says, what do you call a brewery that doesn't brew beer? Holy mackerel, okay? Holy mackerel, now open here. Holy mackerel, small batch beers. And it is in Florida, so it's, you know, you can't, I mean, this is this is Florida. This is what happens down there. 1414, I'm not even going to give you the address. Fuck it. When you walk into Wilton Manor's Brew Pub, you just see $50,000 worth of brewing equipment. But is it just for show? Hold on one second. I got to pause this real quick. Sorry about that. I'm back now. So, a year ago last month, the Sun Sentinel called Holy Mackerel Wilton Manor's first brewery. Co-owner Frank Barrich told the paper, I'm running crazy trying to get this brewery in shape, but not a beer has ever been brewed there. Even Holy Mackerel's um, website is titled, Not Just a Brewery, so why lie about this? Sources say that uh, Barich is, is profiting off the ignorance of his customers. Those patrons think that they're supporting a local brewer. But in reality, Barshrich admitted to Broward Beer, which is this publication, in a tense and rambling interview that he saves money by importing his signature beer from South Carolina. On his menu, he touts four brews, ranging from Holy Mackerel Special Garden Ale to Holy Mackerel Ambition Amber, but all four beers are brewed 700 miles and three states away. Despite an array of 10 to 20 foot tall conical fermenters and 750 to 1,000 square foot brew house in the back right corner near the dining room, which I see as clear as day here. It looks like a fucking brewery. Like they got, they got everything right there. Let me just pour this out real quick. Um, deception. Oh, wow. This is nice and clear. Oh, wait, never mind. There's the floating. Uh, deception is nothing new to Bertrich. 
I'm going to call him Barich from now on because it's a weird name and I'm just going to say Barich, uh, who was sentenced to a year in prison for fraud in a bizarre scheme that federal prosecutors described as, quote, pretending to be a representative of a multi-billion dollar fund located in Luxembourg. And that was back in 2014 in uh, Massachusetts. So how did Barich later become the owner of the Wilton Manors Brewery that doesn't brew beer? Here's the man behind the beer. In July 2015, Barich was released from prison, and according to uh, according to the federal bureaus of uh, bureaus of prison, only a couple of years later, he was lauded at a local beer scene for being one of the organizer of 2017's Fort Lauderdale Craft Beer Sporting Games and Food Fest. Oh, this is a mugshot right here. He looks. He's got the eyes. Oh shit! Oh shit! Hold on. Okay, I just, hold on one second. I'm so sorry. Give me one second here, folks. All right, sorry about that. Just needed a moment. Yeah, I got a mugshot here of this guy. He looks he looks terrible. This is back in 2012. Oh, he's a 2012 arrest here. But his day job was marketing data collection apps for the hospitality industry like GoApp and Easy Smart Wi-Fi. If you ever asked for the Wi-Fi password in a restaurant, you'll be b- b- bombarded with offers later. And that's the technology that Barrich sells. Have you ever gone into a restaurant and logged into the guest Wi-Fi, said the, he told Broward Beer. Basically, as you log on, you agree to terms and condition. The business gathers the email addresses and the cell phone numbers for the use of marketing campaigns. This guy is a fucking shyster. Except uh, Frank Barish doesn't do this. Frank Ba does. Unless he has an alter ego to do his bullshit. When Broward Beer was reporting this story, no less than a half dozen sources didn't know who Frank Barish was. Was they only knew Frank Ba? Frank Ba is uh, his marketing page. He has a personal page too. This guy is such a fucking shyster. My God. Mm. The marketing page is purely just to help other businesses uh, and promote whatever we have that's out there, whether it's me or other businesses. I uh, know and places I visit, and that's pretty much it. Um, he talks about his personal, pretending to be a brewery. This is pretty interesting. A few months ago, a former Holy Mackerel employee um, said Ihab Atala, who co-owns Holy Mackerel with Barich, told them, in this pandemic, why am I going to hire a brewer $80,000 a year and order a bunch of ingredients when I could just have Thomas Creek make the beer? (laughs) I love the honesty about the grift here, you know? This is just unbelievable. Thomas Creek Brewery opened in 1998 in Greenville, South Carolina. The former employee has requested anonymity. It's unclear if this was the plan when Barich bought Holy Mackerel and the brewing recipes from its original owner, Bobby Gordish, in February 2019. The opening of the new Holy Mackerel brew pub was sketchy enough that the Sun Sentinel headline was Holy Mackerel, something fishy brewing at the old florida seafood house one thing barich was adamant about he said holy mackerel is a very clear uh is very clear gordish has no affiliation with the brand well that's nice that he keeps uh keeps the name of the other guy out of there why would a brewery with unused tanks keep a biography of an industry veteran on its website because that's where they they have him on there and some sources say it's to bolster barich's uh, reputation so Basically, they don't brew any beer there. A former employee said the broad beer was a... Uh, Barich blames the pandemic and the city of Wilton Manors for owning a brewery that doesn't brew beer. He says that there are procedures and contracts that need to be in place, 
And what are those? During a 50-minute call with Broward Beer, Barich says that only he would only say that the city won't give him the green light to brew beer. Wow. I don't know what I'm drinking here, but I just took a sip of something, and I don't know what I t- what I took in. We're going to get to that in a minute. Um, when pressed for specifics, he replied, I don't have that information. I only handle marketing. Roberta Moore, the Director of Community Development Services for the City of Wilton Manor, has confirmed that Holy Mackerel is fine to brew beer. In fact, in September of 2020, the city eased its rules so that more breweries could open in the area. That same month, Holy Mackerel updated its license in the city. And they were open before the pandemic. Unbelievable. So, you know, it's so funny to me that I always say to watch out for big beer and stuff like that. Now you got to watch out for the actual little guy. Here's a motherfucker who poses as a a real brewery. Unreal. Unreal. He's not brewing a goddamn thing. Oh, man. That's why I just got to go to Flagship. Go to Killsboro. Just support your local places. Go to the tap rooms, people. The tangibles. And also get craft beer from like Joe Canals or your local places like Beverage Island, stuff like that. But this is unbelievable. You got to ask for a tour of the place to make sure they're actually brewing beer. You got to see the Krausen on the floor. My gosh. All right, so check this out. I usually write everything down and stuff like that, but I'm, t- I'm taking a little bit too long down here. And I am going to do a beer review without my notes. Just right off the cuff, right? So here we have here from uh, Proclamation Ale Company, Mimosa and Lee Challenge, which I love the name, by the way. I think that's really fantastic. It's a mimosa-inspired ale with the Riceland grape, orange, peach, pink, guava, and lactose. So I know that the lactose is going to give it a nice smooth mouthfeel here. It's an 8.5%, and um, it's a pretty big beer for, for the offering that we have here. I poured it out here, had about two fingers of head, and there's a lot of floaties in there. Like the lactose is just kind of coagulated in there a little bit, but uh, when you take a sip, it doesn't really settle in a way that hurts you. I, this happened to me with a with a beer once. I don't want to say the name of the brewery, but it looks it looks okay. It looks like a nice um, like a good orange juicy IPA color to it. It's not. It's very opaque. Uh, so it has like a nice look to it. it. Had about two fingers ahead. There's some excellent lacing that's been going on in the glass here. Uh, so it has a really good look to it. Let's get a nose on it, shall we? All right. So the nose is a bit complex. Um, like I said, I think last week that I said uh, it was a good thing that the beer didn't smell like fart. This has a fart uh, characteristic to it, which could be a um, actually just a fruity characteristic that has a fart quality. Uh well, it definitely has a mimosa smell to it. You know, that champagne and orange juice smell. So there's a citrusy uh, aspect to it, as well as a dry alcohol uh, type aroma as well. There's like a citrus spice in there that's very interesting in terms of the aroma. Um, it, it's an inviting beer, but it also has um, the aroma of a sour. Uh, and I'm not going to say a Berliner Weiss because... Um, it's not as off-putting as a Berliner Weiss would be, but it definitely has a strange aroma to it. 
So let's give it a taste though, shall we? So coming from the treehouse, um, it's 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 a bit different. Now that pink, that guava fruit flavor is there. Um, being that it's an 8.5, it does not taste as big as it is. The lactose that's in here, which I think is the reason why it has like that, that very intense floaty look. It looks like a orange juice that has full pulp in it. It is quite smooth. Um, it tastes like a mimosa, to be honest. Um, there is a slight alcohol burn there. Um, that you would get, I think, if you had a mimosa. So it's very, very um, spot on when it comes to that. Um, the mouthfeel is extremely smooth, which I was surprised at. I didn't think it would be as uh, luxurious as it is. It's very interesting. Um, I wouldn't categorize this as a beer so much. Like, I'm not getting really any beer flavors. There's a slight ale flavor there. But I really feel like I'm drinking a mimosa, you know? So, I don't know how to rate this. I really don't even know what to put down here. I mean, it's not bad. I'm not, I'm not like sitting here and I'm being repulsed by it. But this is actually one of two beers that I purchased from Joel Canals that I was a bit apprehensive about as a mimosa, this mimosa one. And then there's like a fucking, like a weird blueberry milkshake type thing going on in there. But, um... You know, if this is the, the Riceland grape, the orange, the peach, the guava, like it's all there and it's not bad. So, I mean, considering what they're telling you in terms of the, the offering, like in terms of like what this brew is going to be, it's it's not it's not awful whatsoever. Mimosa Challenge is a mimosa inspired ale, like I said, at 8.5. Um, it has the Riceland grapes of so the Riceland grape, orange, peach, pink guava and lactose. Uh, brunch vibes all day along with this mimosa in a can, which brings delicious notes of grape, orange, floral, and honey. Um, I mean, it's 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 pretty good to be honest. Like it's not it's not repulsive. Like I said, there was a bit of a Berliner Weiss feel in the beginning, and you know me, I have never had a Berliner Weiss that I can actually tolerate. They all taste like vomit to me. I don't know what it has to do with the yeast that they use. So. Be that as it may, when it comes to this, um, I actually enjoy it. Um, 8.5, it's pretty heavy, and you do get the alcohol burn. Um, but if I was at a brunch, I I would want this, to be honest. I'm actually going to give this a pretty good rating. I'm going to give it an 8. I'm going to only give it an 8 because I think they had an idea in mind what they wanted to do. And they really nailed it. It's a it's a fairly pleasant flavor. And the pink guava, when I say like pink guava, I'm going to say there's a pink quality to this. And that's, it's hard to translate that to the that flavor to, the, to what I'm trying to say. It's almost like when you have pink lemonade and le lemonade, like what, what are you saying when it's the pink? It's just that different. It's like almost like an orange and a blood orange. They both taste like an orange, but one has this this separate flavor. That's what's happening here. But this is actually a very pleasant beer. And I am actually kind of happy that I came across this. And 
proclamation out of Rhode Island, and, and God rest the soul of the owner and founder. I mean, very, very sad story, and I'm not, I am not cutting any corners here in my review here just because of that news. This is a brewery that, that brings it, it seems, you know, um, and, that, and I'm judging that solely on, like, how this beer tastes right now. Because you could take, you, you know, I, like I said, I saw the single hop variations. They got a lot of hops out. I mean, a lot of beers out there on their uh, website. You could tell that there's a lot of pride here. And I appreciate that when it comes to uh, to a brewery. I mean, of course, they could have just made like a, uh, a, um, a gimmick here, but they didn't do that. This is really good. I'm a little, there's a little, there's a little Julius in the burps, so I'm not going to judge the burps here, but solid beer. Solid beer. I'm going to give it an eight. That's a pretty good, uh, that's a pretty good score for these guys. And for a emotionally, I love the name again. I love, really love the name. Emotionally challenged. That's pretty good for uh, Valentine's Day, right? Emotionally challenged, emotionally challenged. And I also talked about, talked about substance abuse, uh, substance abuse today. I think I had a pretty good show. Well-rounded. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I really appreciate you guys week in and week out. I still am astonished at the numbers that I get in terms of the people that listen to the show and the people that buy the merchandise. I mean, it's really just unbelievable. I'm so blessed that I get to come down here uh, when I can, basically, and uh, pump out a podcast for you guys that uh, you listen to and love. So I really appreciate you all. I'm going to get some music for when I talk about Sumo to try to keep it as productively awesome as possible because I'm the producer, I'm the talent, I'm everything here, man. But you guys, you guys are the reason that I do it. I wouldn't come down here and do this show if it wasn't for you. So thank you for listening and thank you for being a part of this family. I love you guys so much. I'm going to catch you guys next week for episode 189. Maybe I'll do the uh, blueberry thing next week. Hopefully it'll be a hit like this one right here. So take care, guys. I hope you had a great Valentine's Day with you and yours. Happy President's Day. And be well, everybody. I'm going to catch you guys on the flip side. Take care, ball. Take care, ball. I was going to say take care, boys, and take care, y'all. Came tech out, ball. Love you guys. Take care, everybody. Be well.